Welcome to Meet the Creatives. This is, <laughs> this is Marina Esmeraldo. She's so cool. Her name sounds like a Disney character. She's been, <laughs> she's been amazing so far. But yeah, go ahead. So you were saying about your, uh, your life, that that's how you did it. Like imagining things into... Do you believe in it? Are, are you just like, well, that'd be kind of cool and maybe I'll take some steps or do you just like run at the fear? No, I mean, I think with everything in my life, I kind of just jumped into it. Yeah. But so we were just talking about just hustling and going for it. And for me and in my whole career, and even before when I was drawing as a kid and like interacting in online forums and just befriending people yeah. in, in like fan art com communities. Cause I was, I used to, um, I used to draw, like, I was obsessed with anime mm -hmm. when I was a kid and I used to draw fan art of that and post it online. I had a little website. Oh I taught my myself how to code when I was 11. And I'm I 26 and I still can't code. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it's don't hire safe. me for web design. You will miss the deadline. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. It kind of stayed back in the, I, I've, I've never really um, progressed much with coding, but yeah. I knew enough to make like a website in GeoCities and that kind of thing. That's awesome. And then I had a little domain and I had a, a portfolio of fan art when I was, you know, 14. And it was amazing. And, and you, you would like, you would interact with people and and get enough attention and not attention, but just traction right. and make relationships in these contexts. And, you know, I'm, I was like a 14 year, year old kid, but because of that much later on, when I decided to pursue illustration, I knew that I knew I could make it. I knew I, I could do it. Like someone, I just needed someone to take a chance on me, but I knew that I could forge the relationships and I yeah. knew that I could connections. So it was it helped having that experience when I was fourteen. A lot of people, I think, are stuck because they're afraid they're not good enough, and they don't reach out to someone because they don't think they're good enough, and they don't apply for that job because they don't think they're good enough, and. You kind of have to have a level of naivete to, and ambition to pursue those opportunities. Even though you, you you might be rejected, you might not never get a response, but that's fine. You know, it's yeah. this not the worst that could happen. And I mean, that is the worst that could happen: not getting a response. Then you move on, right? You know, and you, you pursue other things. Yeah. What I'm trying to do, like with this podcast, is to. Um I think that what you just said has always been kind of like the the feeling of most people, and what I know it definitely was for me. Um, but I want to kind of switch it up. So in today, I think in the past it was like people were like, "Well, I'm not good enough, and I'm not like worth their time." But I feel like in today's day and age, like with this pod podcast, for example, like you know, I am not qualified to work at Facebook. I'm not qualified to work at Google. You know, you've worked with clients like Google and Adidas, mm. and we're gonna get to all that. I love it. But like, <laughs> I uh, I'm not qualified to talk to those people. But you can literally just be like, you know, go online, take two seconds, make a medium or make a medium account, and be like, I'm starting a design publication, something or other, and then just talk to them, and you can like, absolutely. There's never been a but better time can... to do it. 
and just be exactly. like, I don't know anything, I, I, but I want to be like you. Everybody wants to hear that. If someone was like, I want to start a podcast, how do I do it? I would lose my mind and like give them an ear beating. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but it was like it's it's the kind of thing where you kind of go through the ropes and you you go through the growing pains of learning these things on your own and then you start to get to places and you start to see feedback and and a, a good a positive reaction and then you kind of just want to give back to people who I, I get a lot of emails from students and people looking to change careers and, and people from my hometown in Brazil and, and people That's always amazing. asking like, how, how did you do it? How did you get there? And sometimes, sometimes, well, in the beginning I used to write these massive emails and um, sometimes you never hear back from people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's, it's good to, to give back and it's good. It's great to, um, I'm, I was so excited to be invited by the podcast because I, I wish there was something like that when I was beginning. Like I scored the internet for for reference and for material on how to bridge that gap between knowing no one mm-hmm. and you know becoming a freelancer. Yeah, I think it's like really hugely important. And I know that we have a lot of similar friends, so you have definitely had this experience, like. The people that are you are aspiring to work with, like the Justin Genax and people of Work Networking and people, you know, like, you know, in the design field, you're like, wow, that, I bet you they're so cool. They are so cool. Like, no one's ever, no one's ever going to write you back. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> it's never going to happen. And if they are, like, what kind of a weirdo is like that? Most, exactly. Like, if you just write them a note, don't be annoying. Just be like, exactly. but you can't be salesy. You can't be like, I want to work with you. They're going to be like, who are you? No, but no, you, you have you love to... them and you admire them. Yeah, it's, it's about the people. It's about the connections. The work comes after that, but yeah. it's primarily about forming like a genuine bond with people. Totally. And whenever I'm in a conference or I'm in like a network situation and I meet people that are once I would be like quivering with, right. with you know, fear and admiration. Now you get to approach them like peers and you get to talk about their day and, and how it was, how it, the traveling was and, and what yeah. they're looking forward to and exploring town and that kind of thing. Whenever you, you, you see people here or whenever you're, you know, abroad like New York, yeah. you know, you, you talk about your life and that's a lot more interesting than talking about work. Yeah. And then talking about work follows right. naturally. Exactly. It's like, it's like, how are you doing? Like, cause it's people are normal and people want to have normal interactions. But one of the things that's really cool for me, and I'm sure you've had this happen to you too. I keep all making all these assumptions. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, because, you know, we were friends from the woman. We didn't know it. <laughs> I, apparently, I know. Um, no, but what's really great, though, for me was is that, like, they when people first met me, a lot of people, they don't know what to make of me because I'm just kind of like, ah, like very, like, high energy, like I am right now. Coffee's kicking. <laughs> um, but I'm very high energy and people don't know what to make of me. And then, you know, eventually you kind of become friends with people. And like you said, the next thing you know, you're, like, actually friends. But a lot of times mm-hmm. it's like I am admiring them because I, I am younger than them or whatever, or they're further along in their careers. But there's no mm-hmm. greater feeling in the world 
than when you force yourself to go, like you force yourself to go to the art thing or the show or the conference, you talk to the people and you're like, wow, I was an idiot. And then the next thing you know, you're like friends on Facebook or whatever. And then you see them exactly. six months, a year down the road and they're like, hey, you know, I've been seeing what you've been doing with your podcast. That's amazing, man. And you're like, I've yeah. been watching what you've been doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, you don't it's, have to work with them. We, you just could be friends with them. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. It's weird and exciting to make a connection like that yeah. because you know about them, you follow them, they don't know about you. But then if, if you're true to yourself and, and to just knowing that person, uh, they start following you, not like not a social media sense, but just, they start being interested in what you're doing and, and supporting your choices. And that has happened to me here throughout the years as well. And it's been, it's been absolutely brilliant. If I knew about five or six years ago before I started down this path that I would have the connections that I have today and the friends I have today, I would be like, what? Let's yeah, do this. Yeah. Let's do this now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't um, wait so long. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, people are so, are usually so kind and it's, it's weird though. Cause if, cause if you're sitting home where you're like, you're, especially if you're not from like a, you know, I lived in, I worked, I went to a school. Out, um, I can't talk today. I went to a school in New Jersey that was like, it was not like an SVA or it was like not in New York City. And, you know, like all the designers, they lived in Brooklyn and that seemed so far away. And I was like, how am I going to get in? How am I going to be friends, befriend these people? But like, it's really easy. Like you, you figure it out. You figure out a way to like, you know. Rob, you went to school in Jersey. I went to school in Brazil. Talk about, you know, having a notion. I'm, I come from a place that's, it's, it's a big city, but it has... At least growing up, it had a provincial mindset, and it felt a million miles away from yeah. from New York and, and London. And um, I always had that kind of yearning to be a part of the scene. Right. But also, when I so I'm, when I was five, I moved to the UK with my family. Mm-hmm. We were there for a couple of years because my dad was um, doing his masters in surgery, and um, and then I learned English from a very young age, and that basically shaped my life. But so we went back to Brazil, and and I went to high school and university there. But I always felt like I didn't fit in, and I think when you move from your original place of birth and live elsewhere you have to learn to deal with this sense of otherness right and the thing is when you go back to where you're yeah and when you go back to where you're from that sometimes makes you feel like you don't fit in anymore so when when i was in brazil i always had was grappling with that sense of you know i don't i don't fit but you know, it helped when I went to university and found found myself surrounded by like-minded people. But even then, right. you know, I was always restless and feeling that there was more to the world, more to to do right. and to see. For sure, that's gonna be so crazy. That's so weird because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I was over the river in New Jersey, and you're like, um, I was in another country, but like. <laughs> that's so true, though. Yeah. Um, so you are an illustrator. An art director, a very successful one, by the way. Congratulations, you made it. 
We know you here <laughs> in New York. You. We love you in New York and I'm sure around the world. So uh, you're an illustrator and art director. Your clients include Google, Adidas, uh, Sony, AOSOS. I read that so weird. <laughs> Refinery29, um, Lenny Letter, Wired, Women's March, and many others. Awesome list of, of clients, by the way. Mine's, yeah. mine's getting kind of cool, but yours is like... We just lead it off with Google. That's really amazing. Oh, yeah, well, it took, took a few years, a few years in the making. Oh yeah. But eventually, you start accumulating, you know, great, great names. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know. The first time I put the Hershey Company, I was like, I made it. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Um, and then you realize there's so much more to do, and you, that you your goalposts keep changing, and you always want more. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. I look at those names like, yeah, and what have you done, Rob? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I wrote it on my thing. It's so funny. I was like working on my website and I wrote it. I was like, the Hershey Company, the Walt Disney Company. And then uh, I felt like really good and then went and saw my portfolio. I was like, oh, I'm a hack. Oh, this is terrible. Um, but, that, you know, the imposter syndrome is real. And I think I had to deal with it for for. A while, and I think that it starts to fade more easily when you start making money from what you're you're dedicating yourself right. to. Yeah, but definitely. it's really important, I think, to try and banish that kind of feeling of being an imposter before, because you know you like Seth Godin likes to say, you you need to sh show up. That's the important thing. You right. just show up and you do the work. Shift the work, and, yeah. Yeah, you shift it, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And, and he actually talked about that. Um, I'm not sure if you heard on my podcast, but just talking about like, you know, like you want to be a package designer, it's not working out, great. Every day for the next 365 days or two years, like make a package design and do it and just keep doing it and doing it and like shift the work every day. And then like the the self-doubt will go away because you will have done the work. So that's so I cool. did. That was my first Meet the Creators podcast. That's amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> Fun fact, that's the, the number one podcast on Meet the Creatives, which is really cool because I was going through such a hard time. At that time in my life, um, as you could probably tell in the podcast, I was just like, ugh. <laughs> I was just in the worst place. And like talking to Seth Godin was like a huge, like, ugh. It's the number one podcast that people download. I'm so happy it is because he was so real and so genuine. Yeah. Shout out to Seth Godin. Amazing. I love him. I love him. But but that's it was a brilliant interview. And it's, it's really interesting because it shows you how um, – perception and perspective are, are an interesting thing you don't like you would I don't think you would notice really that you were in a in a bad in a rough patch from listening to it yeah. you know only you 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 know that best and we kind of in this day and age where everything is just so curated you get you can get the wrong idea about people quite quickly but but it's, it's good and refreshing to get real sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's some of, the, some of the best moments of this. And I think like this podcast already, it's funny because we've said <laughs> things in passing conversation that we don't even recognize. And then you hear it back later, you'd be like, wow, that's some, real, <laughs> that's some real shit we just talked about. You know what I mean? Like when it feels natural and it feels good, that's real. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, about your work. Um, obviously, you work with some big clients. But like as we mentioned, you know, clients are just, uh, are just the name of their places and, you know, um, mm. you get there based on the merit of your work. So your work really is incredible. 
Um, I love the colors that you use, the um, the photography, everything is like so great. Um, Thank you. And you definitely have a style, which is cool. But it but style is a tricky one because like I know that illustrators don't always want to hear that. But I think that you can see your hand in things, but it's not it's not like you're doing the same thing. It's like that's you. Yeah. That's definitely you. But it's very different which I think is the ultimate thing that you want to have as an illustrator. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think style was always, style is sometimes the bane of my existence because, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I feel like I'm constantly changing and I feel like my style is constantly evolving. Like sometimes I will get into new challenges and new things and, and make mistakes and that will take me in a new direction that eventually I, I think, oh my God, this is great. This, this, let's just make a whole body of work based around that mistake. Right. And that has basically been the progress of, of my, the evolution of my style for, for the past four or five years. And, but I really worked hard in the beginning to define that kind of that voice because it's the one thing you need to have as really distinctive of you when you're an illustrator. Yeah. Because I was looking at a lot of my peers when I was beginning, and that's a, a common thing for new illustrators is you start you, you start to make work that looks just like other people and. Right. It's great for practice and it's great to learn what you like and what works for you and what doesn't. But eventually you have to settle, you have to find and you have to settle on your own voice, on your own style. Because otherwise you're just going to be considered the cheap X, right. you know, the, the cheap version of whoever. And, and the design community is really small. Everyone knows yeah. if you're copying one and even even with i have this kind of private game i play with myself because i love art history and i love Me i have too. kind of a photographic memory and i love identifying where artists and illustrators like got their inspirations from oh, so totally. i <laughs> you have, i have like a i have a Flickr account and Flickr, by the way if you're an art history fan is public service announcement I'm not affiliated with Flickr. They, it's incredible. It's like the archives to everything ever, and it's fantastic because I like I real I because on Pinterest you don't see these things, but I would see things from like the Coca-Cola archives. I'm like motherfucker, they just did that at like this place. <laughs> it's so crazy because you're like, oh, there's, oh, it's groundbreaking, innovative. It's like no, exactly. it's from 1963, and no one was paying attention. You exactly. are a hack. Yeah. Exactly. Because Sorry. because it's so easy to uh, to get, you know, to do that. And because everyone is focused on the immediate and everyone is looking at like design blogs and and most most of the design community, not most of the design community, but I guess the young section of the, the design community will right. not realize if something was was hacked like that. And yeah, I think I think it's fast. I didn't know about the Flickr being a, a fantastic. Oh, I hate Yahoo so much too. I hate that company. I'll never work for Yahoo. You'll never see it on my LinkedIn. Sorry if you work at Yahoo. I'm sure it's an amazing place. I just like I, I don't like like the Yahoo like search functionality. I'm a Google guy at heart, but the platform Flickr 
and it's spelled uh, F L I C R. Oh, C K R. Sorry. C-K-R. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. And if you're an art history nut, um, that is a really good place to kind of see some old, you know, vintage advertisements. There's like hundreds of thousands of vintage advertisements and stuff. If you work in package design, you're gonna be like mind blown. Oh. So, oh. Um, so you mentioned art history. Uh, what are no. some of? I'm not gonna. Not this is not gonna turn into a quiz. But um, <laughs> what are some of your favorite things about art history? What are some of your favorite time periods? And do those influence your your work? Absolutely, yeah. I'm kind of obsessed with modern art. Mm-hmm. Um, from like even my early my teens and my early twenties, whenever we would go to like a um, prehistoric museum or a Gothic art museum, I'd be like oh this is horrible this is depressing (laughs) or especially gothic art yeah and then and then you know uh, but you know i of of course you know the 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 potential that not the potential but the the glorious achievements of renaissance and baroque artists but i'm really my thing is modern art so i love matisse i love picasso i'm having a big um Matisse and Picasso phase right now, but I'm I'm really I love like the 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 spouses of the of the of the famous couples like Sonia Delaunay and Sophie Tober up and um, people are writing these down Ray like really Eames. yeah oh, I yeah, love Ray Eames. yes yeah I mean their work was so groundbreaking especially um, Sonia Delaunay she was. She worked across so many different disciplines, and I really relate to that because I actually come from an architecture background, and I didn't really study illustration. I didn't go to school for illustration. I kind of like hacked my way into it. That's awesome. So I love architecture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I trained in architecture for um, six years, and it was an amazing education. You, you know, you learn how to see the world in an incredible way to deconstruct the world. Um, in fact, my style is kind of inspired by deconstructivist architecture because it's a lot, it's based a lot on line and shape yeah. and, and you know, those basic forms and compositions. And that has, I don't, even though I come from architecture, I don't, it, the influence isn't obvious because I'm not drawing buildings, but, yeah, it's definitely there. So having that three D background will always um, make me restless if I'm doing too much two D work. Yeah, I'll for sure. Like, I'll get this itch to do something <laughs> different and something dynamic. So I'll I'll get involved with the art direction stuff. Um, even even though most of them are kind of like personal projects or just for fun, or me experimenting. You always take things away from, from that in, back into the illustration work, work and vice versa. For sure. Did you ever read um, Alan Debotone's, I'm definitely saying that wrong, The Architecture of, of Happiness? I have, and I think you're saying it right. Uh, I read that book, and it really kind of changed me as a designer, uh, because when I read it, I started, you know, he was taught, like in the the. I love that first chapter where he's talking about like the house and about mm. how like the, the house would like welcome the like freshly born babies or some weird quote like that. <laughs> back. I remember being out of college and just trying to like read something kind of like, 
kind of heady, but that would maybe change me as a designer. But it definitely did. And talking about how like our house, like the places that we live are designed to shore up our grievances. Yeah. And about how like it's oftentimes when like life is most like difficult that I'm totally butchering these quotes. But a great book, though. <laughs> and But it's about architecture. But it yeah. explains how architecture is the um, – and uh, people who read this book are losing their minds right now. But, like <laughs> – but it talks about how architecture, like, it's the representation of hu- – of we as human civilizations, hopes and dreams. And then yeah, they're, like, society. immortalized. And they never leave. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. But you never yeah, think about that unless it, you read books about architecture and about, you know. About you don't. You really don't. You, you, the way you absorb architecture is like the most immediate way if something is, is in your path and is blocking you. Or if like suddenly the light shines beautifully in, in uh, you know, it's a really ephemeral moment and you look around and you realize the, the, the constructed environment around you right. but otherwise don't really notice right. architecture or the Chrysler building's really nice and then just keep walking like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but he's yeah. amazing he's amazing he has um shaped a lot of my um thinking uh, along through, through the years as well i love alanda Botton. yeah i'm trying to get around this podcast i'm gonna be like hey you uh, uh, i know I with the luck yeah, I've been give, having recently, it might give it might me happen. the credit. You I will. Us. <laughs> oh, I love doing that. It's so fun. It's very cool. So um, I want to make sure that I touch on everything. So uh, check out Marina's work. It's godly to say the least. Um, let me see. There was a few other things. Oh, you are also the uh, co-founder and director of In Shades Magazine, a weekly yeah. illustrated short fiction magazine. Um, so tell me about that. That sounds amazing. It's, it's been, and Shades has been a labor of love. Um, so I, I co-run it with my husband, James Vincent, who's the editor of the platform. And it started out because we were really looking for a way to collaborate. And he's, he's a writer and a copywriter. And we were like, how, how can we do something that we can blend both of our skills? So we came up with this really simple project, which is In Shades, and we publish... Right now we're we're on a quick break because things got so busy this year. But yeah. we're coming back with new st- new content like next week, and we came up with this really simple project of just publishing um, fiction, one piece of fiction every week, and it's illustrated. and And also we have the six words written on a napkin feature, which is inspired by the Ernest Hemingway um, six word short story. And it's really difficult to write a story in six words. Wow. I have Jim is the master of it. I've tried and tried and tried, and I can't. I could not do that. <laughs> I'm so verbose. It's crazy. <laughs> I know it requires an economy of word and, and of thought that is really interesting. And and then we visualize that with lettering, which is great. And it's kind of our main baby in the platform has gotten a lot of nice attention and but mainly it, it was an excuse to to do stuff without having like a, a gatekeeper saying no we we don't we don't right. want your publication we don't want your short story we don't want your illustration right. you know and and it was like fuck this we're gonna make the rules now and i love that that's awesome <laughs> that's what this podcast exactly. is i was like it doesn't exist exactly. i am making it 
Yeah. Exactly. And um, for me, I was stuck in a rut of doing a lot of the same work for a while. I, was, I mean, I love doing portraits. I absolutely love it. But I have been doing it nonstop for a long while. And I was feeling like I needed to jig it up a little bit. So That's drawing cool. fiction is really an, a really interesting way to stimulate the, the brain. And um, and also collaborating with a lot of, of people and giving a platform for people who aren't necessarily like the most famous um, names in illustration or fiction, you know, giving right. up people a chance to, to um, put their work out there. Definitely. And the amazing thing is a lot of people, a lot of work that came out of, of the magazine has been award-winning. So that's really grateful. Um, re that's really gratifying and that's a really um, good experience to, to have for sure and uh, yeah it's also for me as an illustrator it was interesting role reversal as a, an art director putting myself in the shoes of the people I email every day <laughs> oh I, I know yeah it's I like, feel the same way I just had to respond to like 27 emails the other day and I was like exactly what 27 like i thought no one knew who i was now i have 27 emails so it provides perspective when you do that thing and people are like hey do, I, I think that's what you're referring to right like when people send you things you get inundated yeah. and you're like yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. i don't want to imagine this, oh, yeah like it's weird yeah no, but imagine people you know who are directors at the new york times or you know all the big agencies and it's like it gives you an interesting perspective and taught, definitely taught me to be a lot more economical on emails with yes. words and because people people are really busy and you know you have to respect that time for sure and just just keep it simple keep it straight yeah and my boss at Hershey he uh, takes meetings uh, Ron shout out to Ron Burridge the he's the global talk about like responsibility the global design director at the Hershey company like what <laughs> that's crazy but he literally will have meetings he'll say i'm walking from this meeting to this meeting walk with me across the me. building and yeah. that will be considered a meeting i mean yeah. you know so if you're trying to get a job working for him the odds of him getting back to you like it better be quick yeah. and it better be relevant you know i think it's a problem with today's culture as well like office culture which i have not been a part of in years but i mean i think a lot of time is wasted on meetings Meetings that should be emails, emails that should be nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. So, you know, the purpose of this podcast is, as we mentioned earlier, and as people probably know by now, is to bridge the gap between entry-level designers and the industry's best. Um, and I also want to point out that along the way that people can kind of have some struggles and some hardships and that the road to getting, you know, as you say, it's kind of like a, a long journey and it takes a while before you get to Google and places of that nature. So um, can you tell me about your journey and for people that, you know, they're entry-level designers that can't find work, they're having a hard time. Um, is there anything in your journey that can maybe provide some value to them? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, Definitely. I, I think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, awesome. I, I, uh, my personal journey is, very long and winding I, I I the kind of classic kid that I used to draw a lot um, I was very encouraged to to be um, 
to, to work on that by my parents. My parents are physicians. They come from like the countryside. But growing up, our house was always full of art books and amazing art prints by um, people like Tamara Dilempitska and like these incredible illustrated movie posters from the 20s and 30s. And um, so I was always encouraged to develop that. Right. And But the thing is, there weren't a lot of great um, art programs or even illustration programs in my hometown when I was going to university. And all the creative kids kind of either ended up in advertising or in architecture. And because I demonstrated like an interest in, apart from the drawing, I, I got really involved with um, with this renovation we were doing in our apartment when I was like 12 and I was like oh I, I want to do this with my bedroom and I think we should move this wall and I should, you know I was giving an opinion and that kind of thing right. at a young age so That's my awesome. parents were like okay you can do architecture yeah kind of like very spatial so I, right is that how you would like to describe yeah. it yeah yeah exactly notion of space and looking at like knowing to look not understanding space like through a, a bi-dimensional tool like a, a blueprint yeah but so i did so i did the university um in i did architecture and but then you know i i so we were exposed to design within the course that was the other amazing thing about it so we studied furniture design and and graphic design as well and kind of like the Bauhaus uh, approach to design yeah like, yeah, yeah see yeah, de design like nerds unite here we go <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome okay, go no I loved the Bauhaus when I was um, in school and I loved it's really weird because I, I used to have an incredibly minimalist aesthetic and now my work is really colorful yeah. so it was really surprising for me but yeah, I was obsessed with the Bauhaus. And so I kind of discovered about graphic design officially in university and started working a lot more with that. And when I graduated and was working in the industry, I was doing um, some projects in signage and wayfinding, which were um, another really interesting way of, of merging design, um, graphics and space. Yeah. But I was really unhappy with the industry in Brazil. Um, and my experience, it was very sexist and a bit corrupt as well. So it was very frustrating. And because I had that bug in me to that wanderlust from, you know, living abroad when I was so young, mm -hmm. I felt like I had a lot you did to like break to out. Yeah. Yeah. So I chose this um, to go to s s this program in Barcelona and study um, design art and public space there. And basically, it was this really interesting course about um, ephemeral architecture. But the thing was, so this was 2011, right. and Europe was like still reeling from the 2008 crash, and right. the architecture industry was completely fucked. Like there were no <laughs> jobs. <laughs> yeah. There were no jobs. It was foobar. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. And I was like, I was full-on in the middle of this quarter-life crisis and been there was, man been there yeah i mean i was feeling really lost and confused like i didn't know what i wanted to do but my path kind of unexpectedly turned back into art when i decided to study um applied fine arts like mural arts and that kind of thing as a way to stay in barcelona after 
my study visa expired. And so that was really interesting. And the thing is, this was fine art and my background in like logical design from architecture made me really impatient with fine art. Oh my God. Um, so I was tricky for a bit. I had like a, a year where I was really lost, but then I remember it to this day. I was like in my bed about to go to sleep and I had this amazing aha moment when I like, Oh my God, I can join my background in design with art you know, and taking this really roundabout path right into illustration. That's amazing. And, uh, and uh, like suddenly I had so much clarity that this was exactly what I was meant to be doing and I decided to go for it, like just go for it it's with my whole It's the best feeling being. in the world when you're like, <laughs> okay, yeah. it's going to be hard, but, it was, but this is it and we're going. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. It's going to be hard. It was so scary because like – But the best kind of scary, was, you know. Exactly. I yeah. mean, I was in my late 20s and right. I didn't really know anyone in the industry. I didn't have time or money anymore to go to like an illustration school, you know, anywhere in London or New York. But I was so determined. I was so ambitious. I knew I could make it. Um, I knew my work wasn't there yet, but I knew I knew I could get there if someone took a chance on me. Yeah. So... So yeah, like we discussed before, I really worked on developing my style, and I networked like crazy. Yeah. And um, if that's I mean, the we had, uh, that's the key. That's the key. You got to network. Be friends with people. I think that's like the one of the biggest takeaways from this podcast. I think for both for both me and for you is that it's like befriend people mm. and just be friends with them, and then yeah. just like learn and be influenced and be like you know, just yeah. reach out to yeah. them. And then yeah. be like, hey, man, I'm in this journey. I don't know what's going on. I can't get jobs anywhere, but be my friend and please help me out. And they'll be like, oh, it's okay. Come into our club. Come into our club. And the next thing yeah. you know, like, you know, you work for yeah. them. That's how exactly. I got the job at Hershey. I was just, I annoyed him enough that he was like, fine, Rob, come work at Hershey. Like, you know what I mean? It just A lot of good yeah. stories start like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's so but cool. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think being aware and alert of what's going on around you and, like, jumping on opportunity is really important. Like, um, so I got – so this guy, Zhang, he's the art director for Hello, Mr. Magazine. It's amazing. Uh, magazine by, by Ryan Fitz, Fitzgibbon, yeah, another potential guest. We, Done. we became – Come on my podcast. Send yeah. this to him. Oh, yeah, him. Uh, but but me and Jan, we became online buddies through this blog I used to write for uh, Minimalissimo about minimalist design, and I realized that he had worked for Refinery29, so I asked for an introduction, and that got me my first big commission, and it was the start of, of a great, long, productive relationship with Refinery to I this day. My friends there great. in New York, was, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, they're brilliant. I was, I was just there um, a couple of weeks ago. That was the th that was cool. the thing of you rocking back and forth under the rainbow. Yeah, that's so awesome. I love that. Rainbow. I was giving a talk there to the design team. It was it was great fun. Did you meet Elliot? Elliot Cesar? Yeah, yeah. Oh I, I knew Elliot when he was an intern, and now he's senior designer. So. He won't come on my podcast. Every time I see him, I bother him to come on my podcast. Elliot, I'm publicly Elliot. shaming you. If you're friends on with Elliot, Elliot, send him an email right now and say, "Come on, meet the creatives." <laughs> Do you give him the stamp of approval? You think he'd be a good guest? I think he'd be a good guest, right? Right or wrong? Right, 
Awesome. Yeah. So how was it in New York when you came to and talked to the team? What did you guys talk about? At, at Refinery. Um, yeah. A little talk about my, my journey as well, my creative process about activism and design as well, which has been really... Um, important for me lately and about um, personal projects so yeah it was it was good fun that's amazing hold on one second my freaking mom just called me she's like meeting up with me that's really embarrassing <laughs> we're going to the city today I'm so excited I'm taking her to New York and she's like you know her version of going to the city is like going to like Times Square so oh let me just call her one second we have time I hope this has not been all over the place and crazy I'm having so much fun. I hope you are too. <laughs> it's been it's been great. Okay. It's been great. Cool. Don't worry about it. Hello. I'm wrapping up my podcast. You're on the way. I'm wrapping up my podcast now. You're on Meet the Creatives. <laughs> Do you want to wait hold on a second? Alright, my my mom's calling. We're gonna edit this in. Say hello, mom. Hi. <laughs> That's that's hi. Wait, say hi to Marina. Marina's here too. It's not live. Oh, good. Hi, Marina. <laughs> hi, Mrs. Johnston. <laughs> he said hi, Mrs. Johnston. I have my headphones on, so you can't hear it. My my mom is my advisor for Meet the Creatives. Is there anything you want to say to the Meet the Creatives people out there? No, I think you're doing a great job. Thanks, mom. All right, love you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. Uh, okay. That's great. Well, amazing. <laughs> well um, you're obviously always working on these amazing projects. Um, very active on Instagram. Um, what are some of the projects that you're working on in the future that you're looking forward to working on in the future? Like, what kinds of things do you want to do? And um, what's something recently that you've done that you're really proud of or really excited about? Well, the the future <laughs> i mean i have really been having a lot of fun traveling for work um giving talks and or doing murals or um having a, a, a launch um abroad and that, that's always um amazing fun and so i'd love to do more of that i love to do more like physical 3d stuff as well because it's always amazing when you go beyond the screen especially if you work mostly in vector like i do yeah and it's to see your work like as a tangible object um but regarding projects um past i'm really happy with the 100 days project which is was this thing on instagram it's over now but um i'm late so i'm still going <laughs> <laughs> and you a couple pick days one late, but it's you, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah good. no, I'm I'm like months late, but it's <laughs> it's brought so much happiness to me. It's so you pick something, you do it for a hundred days, and I was just doing drawing for a hundred days. Um, and the thing is, when you're a freelancer, sometimes the the thing you do the less, the least is the creative stuff you have to do so much admin and your own marketing and that kind of thing yeah. and earlier in the year I was really frustrated feeling like I wasn't doing enough and and Instagram you mentioned that I have kind of a love-hate relationship with it because it's so in, so intriguing so it can be so inspiring but it can quickly become this rabbit hole of wasted time oh I totally and, agree totally agree yeah I would increasingly find myself 
um, wasting so much time there and not and feeling horrible because I wasn't working on my own stuff. So I decided to take on the 100-day project. And because I didn't have time during the day to fit more stuff in, I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up earlier and do it. And that has been an incredible um, change to my routine as well. And it, you know, bringing mindfulness into my life, like not you know, waking up and not looking at your phone first thing, checking your emails or Instagram, that that has been so I've great. I've been doing the exact same thing. That's so funny you say that. I'm doing a terrible job, but I'm trying. I'm at least like, <laughs> I'm at least thinking about it. Like, man, I shouldn't be doing this right now. Whereas before, it there helps. was no thought of that at all. So, yeah. I know. It helps if you have a focus, which is what I had. And it really, like, not only increased my levels of personal happiness, but it also started changing my style and evolving it and I started to feel a lot more looser and more um, spontaneous and creative with with my own work which was um, really fun and then you know generating this whole body of work like a hundred images you kind of want to do something with that so I got the my favorites of the collection and I did the show in New York um, a couple of weeks back at TickTail which was fantastic and also in this in the same show i launched my collaboration with print all over me which also used um imagery from the the series and it was just one big celebration of color which was that was the really one that i posted fun. right that's the one on the meet the creators yeah i yeah, love yeah, yeah. that that was amazing the lighting yeah. alone yeah <laughs> the lighting and then the model she's so like beautiful and then it was like the color that yeah. was hot. She's Brazilian. Was, I saw that. I was like, <laughs> "Wow, she's you. You really like because you were doing a whole bunch of really amazing stuff, and all of a sudden it was like it was so great, and I loved it so much to begin with. And I saw that, and I was just like, "Damn!" Like you really like. <laughs> oh, we, as we say say here in New York, you really OD. That means like you really like it was over the top good. That's, oh, amazing! Yes. I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading. Um, Jay McInerney of. Um, Bright Lights, Big City right now, so I'm all over the OD thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good, good, good. But anyway. You're, you're in no, the know yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, that, so that has brought me a lot of um, happiness, this project, and it's still not, it still isn't over. I've got 20, 15 days to go. So. It brings me happiness too, and I'm sure it brings everyone who's watching your stuff, so that's really cool. Uh, you, your work really inspires me too, because I'll do a lot of stuff that's like, um, cause I think when you have, and you have this, I know like that design history background and you're doing things that are a lot of like, you know, they have textures and it's like, but really it's like vectorized artwork that like mm. you did a few like cute tricks to, and then you do uh -huh. like textures on it and all of a sudden it looks really good, but in your heart of hearts, you know that it was kind of just like Instagram work. When I see your work, it doesn't look like that. It looks like it's really well thought out and like, you know. The color palettes are really like selected nicely. That's good. Man. Oh, that's, if, you're, if your self-esteem is ever low, just call me. I'll <laughs> go, go post by post on your Instagram and I'll tell you what's so brilliant about it. So that's good. Thank you, Rob. Awesome. All right. So speaking of Instagram, let's wrap this bad boy up. Me and my mom have a date today. I'm super excited to take her around New York City. She's going to lose her mind. It's going to be great. So uh, where can people find your Instagram account? And uh, anything that you'd like to plug? You have the floor, yeah. 
damn right. So, um, <laughs> so why I'm here, Rob. Me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can find me at Marina Esmeraldo anywhere, um, Instagram, Twitter, and, well, many of those channels. Um, but and it's Marina Aldo, not Aldo. It's A-L-D-O, right? Yeah, A-L-D-O. Kind of like Emerald, but like in a Latin way. Yeah. But, you know, you, if if you're listening to this, you'll know how my name is spelled anyway. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but, it'll be in the in the uh, thing. And in shades, in shadesmag.com for um, your weekly dose of amazing illustrated fiction. Do you guys ship to the US? We are online mainly. Oh, mainly but online. We are, cool. Yeah, but we well only. Yeah. <laughs> but we oh, are okay, working cool. on a print edition for sure. I'll oh. let you know. That's amazing. I see. I'm telling you, I, I'm not a hardcore researcher, but I'm going to be all over it now. As I mentioned the other day, it's like I'll interview people, and again, ignorance is bliss because I'll interview people and I'll like completely miss like things that I should totally know about, and then I'll I'll stalk it afterwards and I'll be like, oh, this is amazing. I wish we talked about this more. So that's really cool. Uh, that's, that's, this has that's been great. so much fun. This has been too much fun. I've been it's all been over great. the place today, bouncing off the walls. I'm just excited kind of about like the podcast. Kind of like my career, yeah. so it's Fitbits. Yeah. I, I'm coming. That's it. I'm coming to uh, – actually, you were just in New York too. I just missed you. You're not still here, right? No, I'm in Barcelona now. Oh, uh, damn. Yeah. Next time you come to New York with Refinery29, me, you, and Elliot will do a, uh, a podcast together. Absolutely. He's the man. All right, Strong arm him. Yes, for sure. You're coming, Elliot. Well, I told him that I'm going to take him out for drinks and then I'm going to record it with my iPhone and then I'm just going to upload it without his permission. So it'll be good. He'll probably hate me for that. but dangerous. dangerous. No, I'm just kidding. I know. I've tried that before. <laughs> By the way, if anyone listening is thinking about doing a like drug, designers and drinks, it's a terrible idea. I've tried it like three <laughs> different times. It's awful. You end up just talking shit about people. You can't use any of it and you'll never want to drink again because you will be shocked at how stupid you sound like if you know yourself and then you listen to yourself drunk it's like if you want to get if you want to get your life together just make a, a, a podcast with your friends and record it of, of you guys drinking and what you talk about like it's crazy. amazing this has been so much fun thank you i'm sorry for being so crazy today i've been working like a psychopath so i'm just like I'm done. You, know you what I'm need coffee and it gets it gets out. No, it's been yeah. great, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, wonderful. This is so much fun. This I, yeah. I say it every time, but this might be the most fun podcast ever. It's up there. <laughs> there have been a lot of fun ones. It's the most I've laughed on a podcast. That's good. Oh, I'm, I'm flattered. Awesome. I'm flattered. Okay. Much love. I'll be in have touch. Fun, okay. Bob. Bye. Yeah.